0: 6, Tom Kearney on the Tom Kearney show on AM 680 WPTF and 98.5 on the FM Band. We're here every night, that is Tom Kearney is, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10 with a little bit of live and in real time radio and we try to bring you guests that uh, will entertain and edify you and uh, one of those and a guy I always enjoy talking to, Mr. Ed Morris is our guest tonight. He's the executive director of the Wake Forest Historical Museum, and is that about right? You got it right, Tom. I okay. finally taught you. Well, it, it took a while, but <laughs> one of the things about Wake Forest uh, guys—they're always trying to educate you—and they—they've been working on me since 1961, and uh, it took a while to get this, this straight. But it, it's kind of a unique museum, and I may even ask you to explain this, but because it. Uh, it's uh, almost a town and gown museum, except that that thing didn't exist in its classic form in Wake Forest. But there was a Wake Forest College, and it was in Wake Forest, and sometimes it was hard to find out where one ended and the other started.
1: That's right. The town and the college was pretty much all the same. Uh, as a matter of fact, the the college ran the town uh, in the late 19th century, and then finally in the 20th century, the town it got its independence. Um But uh, it was one of the same, as people say, uh, right up until it left in 1956. Uh, You couldn't tell where the town uh, began and where the college ended.
0: One of the things that I wanted to to ask you to to pronounce upon tonight, you've already pronounced upon, and that is one of the reasons I like to do this program is it, it is confusing to a lot of the new folks who've come to our world and to some of the ones who've been here all along. About Wake Forest and its relationship to to Wake County and the the university that is located in Winston Salem, uh, and uh, people are always asking me, knowing that I am a Wake Forest alum that when, when did the college move to West salem as you said, it moved in 1956. It probably would have moved a little earlier if the war hadn't happened. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the case?
1: Uh, right. Uh, well, actually, the war uh, really wasn't the culprit because the offer from the Reynolds family came uh, just after the end of World War II. Uh, but there was a steel strike uh, at the end of the war, uh, and uh, it took them a little extra time to uh, build a new campus because of that strike. Uh, There were several other delays. There were a lot of people who were not in favor of the move, um, and not until uh, they got a new president, uh, Harold Tribble, uh, did they actually push forward and get things moving, and finally, uh, in May of 1956, uh, moved to Winston-Salem. And uh, some of the, the students that were there at the time of the move say that things were so bad when they got to the new campus. The... The buildings were leaking, and there was mud everywhere. Uh, the rumors went around that they were coming back, but uh, that that really didn't happen.
0: Well, I remember when I arrived five years after they got there, uh, about half of my classes were taught in what were really temporary classrooms. A lot of them were taught in classrooms set up in the library in space that was not used for other purposes because they were building gradually, and I think they finished one of the science buildings uh Winston Hall, the year that I went there, Salem had been there for a while, but if I go to the campus now and look at it, about two-thirds of what is there was not there when I graduated in 1965, because they've added over the years gradually. Uh, but one of the things it was—and I don't know if I've ever told you this—was uh, a, a brand new over-the-air, rather than uh, through the through the circuits in the buildings, FM radio station in 1961. That was the first time they'd had an over-the-air station. They, what What is now called WFDD was founded in 1945, but it was a carrier current. Uh, and yeah, I, I know you know what that is. Well, I, I
1: basically, Tom, you're older than I am.
0: But it runs through the wiring in the building. Right, exactly. But they got a 10-watt station on the air, and the first time I ever turned on a, uh, uh, a, a microphone and said uh, station ID, it was WFDD, circa September of 19...
1: Nineteen sixty one. Nineteen sixty one. It was uh, only a few Julian, years.
0: Before Julian Burroughs at the W S T V when uh, the college was still
1: in Wake Forest, uh, as you were talking about earlier. Um and uh he went on uh to become professor at Wake Forest, spent his entire career there, uh teaching journalism and broadcast journalism. And I don't know, did you have uh, did you have Doctor Burroughs at any point in time?
0: Oh, Sonny you mean. Yes. That was his name. yes. No, I I Never had him for a course, but when I worked at the radio station, he was my supervisor and so on. Yes, he was—he was really the kind of the heart and soul of the broadcasting effort, and uh, uh, I just picked up his nickname. I was—I'm sure he picked it up when he was a student at at, at the town of Wake Forest. But in any event, uh, we've we've put out some information now. Would you do the before we take our first break, uh, the fifty cent version of the history? You know, just sort of high spots. Going back to uh well I'm gonna ask you to go back to eighteen eighteen because later on tonight we're gonna to talk about a new book that has to do with White Forest and the dates on it are eighteen eighteen to, to nineteen fifty six. Right. And I I don't know why the eighteen eight eighteen thirty four is the date that I would have expected yeah. because that's the date that college opened and I think that's the date on the on this the uh what have I tried to say? The, it's uh, on the seal, uh, on
1: the seal. Uh, and, and about everything else. 1834 is the date that the uh, school was uh, officially uh, opened. Uh, the 1818 uh, actually goes back to the marriage of Sarah and Samuel Waite in Vermont. Uh, the, of course, Samuel Waite was the first president uh, of Waite Forest. Uh, he came to North Carolina in uh, Sort of. He, he really wasn't headed here, but he ended up here uh, in the mid-1820s. Uh, he was on his way south to, quote, save the heathen. Uh, he was not talking about the Native American population, but uh, Southerners. Uh, got into North Carolina. Uh, his wagon uh, broke an axle, uh, so he was stranded. Uh, decided this is where he needed to be. Uh, He uh, ended up being the pastor of First Baptist Church in New Bern in the late 1820s, early 1830s, uh, was one of the founders of the the North Carolina Baptist Convention, which of course still exists. Um, And uh, from there, uh, he became the first president of college. The primary purpose of the Baptist Convention was to uh, form an institution to educate young men for the ministry. Uh, and Wake was instrumental in the founding of the, both the uh, Baptist Convention uh, and uh, Wake Forest, Wake Forest, of course, being a Baptist school. Uh, and just in a nutshell, it was uh, in the town of Wake Forest for 122 years until it moved to Winston-Salem uh, in 1956, or as I say, was stolen away uh, to Winston-Salem in 1956. <laughs>
0: Well, it, and it became well. It didn't become. It was always intertwined with the town, because the town probably uh, had more of the population, and was the reason that the. I mean, the 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 college was the reason the town could could exist, and uh, it provided housing and food and other business possibilities, not unlike Chapel Hill probably did for the University right. of North Carolina for so, many years.
1: In, in fact, there was no town when the college opened. Uh, there was just the college. It had been the plantation of Dr. Calvin Jones, uh, who's uh, another story altogether. Uh, Calvin Jones moved to Tennessee, put the place up for sale, and it was purchased by the Baptist Convention for the college. Uh, and the town uh, really grew out of the college. The college was in the real estate business from most of its first century of existence, selling off uh, housing lots and town lots and uh, uh, developing streets. Uh, so, uh, it, it really, the, the college developed
0: the town. Um, Providing most of the jobs, too, for the. And,
1: and provided all the jobs, yes, all the people that lived uh, in and around the area. Uh, pretty much in one way or another worked for the college whether they taught there or whether they uh, you know worked as uh, people cleaning the dorms or building the buildings or uh, you know providing food services or while running restaurants, uh, and laundry services, whatever kind of business or enterprise they were in, it all evolved around uh, the,
0: the college and the students. And if we were to believe a gentleman who spent a year at Wake Forest in the, during the war, Mr. Carol O'Connor, Archie Bunker to most people, yes. they also supported several pool rooms because he claims to have spent more time in the pool rooms than he did in class. That's uh, true. Uh,
1: Archie Bunker, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Carol O'Connor, was a student there uh, the, the, during the World War II time. Uh, he uh, flunked out because he did spend all of his time. Uh, as shorties, uh, eating hot dogs and playing pool, according to his uh, uh, one of his last interviews he gave shortly before he passed away in the 1990s.
0: I watched the little video that you have uh, from the museum, and we'll go back to some of the things. In fact, uh, after we take a break, I want to go back to the Calvin Jones house because it's a big museum item for you, I believe, as yes. the birthplace of Wake Forest. But uh, uh, the... Uh, there was a comment that of all the eating places that were there and the places the guys would go to get a sandwich or a hot dog, the Shorty's was the last place that actually existed. Does it exist now?
1: It sure does. Uh, it, in September, it will be 104 years old
0: uh, and still has the best hot dog in Wake County. Oh, uh, you're making me hungry. I can tell it's going to be a road trip coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, listeners to WPTF, the Tom Kearney Show for Wednesday night. It's uh, July the 15th with Mr. Ed Morris, who occasionally has been a guest on our show, and uh, I always enjoy talking to him. Ed, you actually, I should say, I'm going to almost get personal here for about a minute now. You you actually live in Raleigh. I was, telling, I was identifying you to Mrs. Kearney tonight, as uh, she's a good Baptist girl, so she knows about Hayes Barton Baptist Church. Right, I think you're a member. Yes, and uh, I, I hope this is all right to say this, and uh, and uh, I'll have you know when I was incarcerated in the rehab place uh, in Raleigh when I broke my leg, I watched the church service every Sunday morning from from there. So you can put down attendance one, okay? Well, I, I hope uh, we uh, you know showed you the light. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it was coming through around around the creases and everything, but that that's actually true. But uh, you, uh, you, uh, your wife uh, is a graduate of Wake Forest, and I think at least one of your child. This is what I was telling Sue, and that uh, you have a connection to WPTF, which I'm going to always refer to unless you tell me not to. In that the longtime and very popular morning man of WPTF in the '50s and '60s, Mr. Bill Jackson, was your father-in-law. That is uh, correct. He was indeed. And he was a very popular, in fact, I'm going to have to get you to meet Tony Rigsby sometime, our sports guy, because he, he is a big, yeah. as I was, a big fan of BJ, as he was called. And he was also the voice of the Wolfpack yes. uh, for in the early years of the Wolfpack Sports Network. He but was the, the, March, the first voice the of the
1: Wolfpack and uh, uh, called the, all the, the games on the radio right up until shortly before his death in 1972. Well, I always
0: thought oh. it was particularly sad that I think he died in January or February of six of seventy that's right. Yeah, it was, and uh, just before yep. NC State won the national championship. Right. Yep. Same, Same year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're going to pause now, and we're we're talking about Wake Forest, and one of the reasons is it's right here in in Wake County. Uh, it sounds sort of natural, and there is another Wake Forest, and there's a lot of confusion about, it, and there is a connection between the two. Those people who went to one campus. I actually have two campuses. Uh, uh, I, I myself attended the campus in Winston-Salem, but I used to go up to winston up to Wake Forest occasionally and walk around the campus there and try to imagine what it would have been like to have been a student there, uh, as some of my high school teachers were at. Now, I guess that's one of the reasons I ended up there. But Ed, will be back with us in a moment, and we'll talk about the Calvin Jones House. Thing. Okay. I think it's, is that okay, Ed? Absolutely, Tom. Thank you. Every night, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10. Tomorrow night, of a nostalgia show. Friday night will be trivia. Stephen, my brother, will be with us. He's going to be able to come back. And uh, we thought we might be able to do a music show, but not this Friday night. But we're going to have trivia anyway, and we'll be uh, advertising for you to call and answer one of the questions. Tonight, we're finding out about Wake Forest, the town, Wake Forest, the college, and, in a way, Wake Forest, the university. And uh, Ed, uh... I have heard the Calvin Jones or Bread or whatever house described as the birthplace of Wake Forest. Does that sound right? You're right. Uh, for many, many, many years, uh,
1: it was widely known as the birthplace. Uh, it, we have, as the museum has developed and we have our new museum building, it's not that new now, we've been there for 10 years, uh, developed and grew and the house uh, was reinterpreted into uh uh, the way it would have been when it was a dwelling. Uh, we've gotten away from that, and we've gone back to uh, calling it the Calvin Jones' house. And through the years, it's had a number of names. Uh, of course, uh, Calvin Jones named the house Wake Forest. That's where the name comes from. So it originally was the Wake Forest, uh, the, the house, which was the center of a, a northern Wake County plantation. Um Beyond that, it became uh, called the Charter House when uh, the early days of the college uh, because, I guess, it was the only building of the college in those first years. Uh, it, the college stay was uh, in the house, the first three presidents lived in the house, uh, the first classes were held in the house, uh, so it was the, the really the birthplace of Wake Forest College in that sense. Um, and for many years, as the, the museum developed from the uh, mid-20th century forward, uh, people called it the Birthplace of the Birthplace Museum. So, yes, you, you're correct. We've had many names, and uh, we've we tried to get back to just simplifying it to be the Calvin Jones House, which is part of the Wake Forest historical museum complex. Uh, and oh, by I the wait. way, the, the house is having a, a birthday this year. Uh, okay. The house was built in 1820,
0: so this is its 200th anniversary. Excellent. I I hadn't picked up on that. This is why we have you here. uh, We need to get the information from the Brain Trust. Well, I was going to tell you that I got a heavy dose of history once. Uh, We, WPTF, did a remote uh, in in Way Forest, and it was done, part of it, in the the Calvin Jones house. And I was uh, there, and I was participating, and I had had an interview with i Beverly Lake Senior. And that's that's pretty high cotton for... uh, for history of Wake Forest, because he, I think, is a distinguished graduate of Wake Forest, if I remember correctly. Uh, Dr. Lake Sr., uh, yes, he was a, a
1: graduate of Wake Forest. His father was a professor of uh, physics at the college, uh, and his grandfather had actually been offered the presidency of the college in 1852 and turned it down, uh, and Washington manly winged it.
0: Uh, actually took that position. Well, you know, something that that I know you've noticed is that Wake Forest, uh, while they probably didn't pay very high salaries, had a remarkable number of very loyal professors who came and stayed for a long time.
1: They did, actually. They uh, they spent careers there. They did not move on for uh, lots of reasons. First of all, the place is kind of special. Once you're there, you you fall in love with it. Uh, Secondly, uh, Wake Forest never had very many dorms on the campus. Uh, The professors all built these very large houses up and down North Main Street, and it wasn't because they got paid huge salaries so they could have a huge house. They built a huge house so they could rent rooms to students, Uh, and they actually made more money renting their rooms uh, than they did uh, as professors. Uh, so that was pretty much their, their source of income, was uh, uh, renting uh, rooms and, in some cases, providing meals uh, for college students.
0: Well, uh, a Wake Forest story, I had a, an instructor in philosophy whose name I know you've heard, A.C. Reed. Oh, of course. Who uh, This was, say, 1963. And uh, he had started at Wake Forest in 1917. And he and Edgar Folk, I think it was an English department, never actually moved to Winston-Salem. They liked the town so much they just kept their houses in, in Wake Forest.
1: There there were four of those professors uh, that commuted, uh, and in a couple of the cases, they commuted for a number of years. Uh, now, they would go up on—they they rented an apartment together. Uh, so they would yeah. drive up on Monday morning, uh, and they had their schedules fixed so that they had finished their classes by noon on Friday, and they drove back to Wake Forest. Uh, and they would do that— uh, you know, the, the entire time they they continued to teach. Um, and, of course, uh, Dr. Folk, uh, his great-granddaughter just graduated last year uh, from Wake Forest. Uh, so uh, uh, those family traditions still run deep.
0: Well, let me say you just hit on something that we might return to later. We're coming up on the news. But I went to a scholarship interview, which is because I needed money when I went there. And there were like thirty people in my the group that I went with, and I think something like twenty five of them had connections that is i I'm, I'm the first person in my family to go to college, but there were people there that had grandfathers and great grandfathers and so the 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 Way Forest is a kind of a family school
1: yes it is there they're actually uh descendants of Samuel Waite uh the first president who are, are graduates of way Forest, and they're actually descendants of Samuel Waite, who work for Wake Forest today, uh, and several of the other presidents uh, have family members and descendants who continue to work for Wake Forest. So uh, it, uh, it has a long, long tradition.
0: Well, we need to stop now and check the news, but uh, you, you can connect, collect your thoughts and uh, catch your breath. Ed Morris, uh, the Wake Forest Historical Society, is uh, guest tonight. We're going to check the news. ETF on a Wednesday. I did July like, 15th in Morris of uh, the Wake Forest Historical Museum and in the town of Wake Forest, which is uh, I think an arm of Wake Forest University. And uh, but because of the intertwining of the university and the city, it's somewhat of a uh, a museum that has to do with the city of Wake Forest. And if I get if I say things wrong, slap me on the on the knuckles and, and straighten it out. But. Yeah. If I could reach you, Tom, I'd do it. But, you know, so far you're, you're doing very well. Well, good. well, John told me, our producer, we have a limited number of telephone lines, sadly, uh, but, uh, but still we have listeners, that a descendant of Charles Taylor was listening to our broadcast tonight. Yes, he told me the same thing. I hope that uh, we can
1: connect at some point in time. Uh, he will go on the museum's website, which is uh, org. Uh he'll find our contact information. I'd like to have an exchange with him. I'd like to uh, find out what he knows about the family and
0: uh
1: we'll we'll uh give him whatever information that we can share with him.
0: Well I know over the years I've had a number of callers. I think uh I I never want to say people's names because I feel like I'm being irresponsible, but I think Mr. Grady Patterson was the son of the man who was at Wake Forest uh, called one night and uh there is another Charles Taylor, you know, who was a congressman from North Carolina who right. is a Wake Forest grad. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a different person than the man that the that, 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 that dorm is named. But they may be related. I, I don't, I don't know think if they are, a but they might be.
1: Dr. Taylor was from, uh, the president was from Virginia originally, uh, came to Wake Forest as a student, and then came back as a professor, and then eventually became uh, the president of the college. He was the sixth president and uh, one of the longest serving.
0: Well, as I said, they had a remarkable number of people who served a long time, which allows me to ask now, is there a uh, general history of Wake Forest that is reasonably up to date? Uh, Yes. Of course, uh, a lot of people that are
1: are, uh, history buffs and interested in the history of Wake Forest would certainly be familiar with uh, George W. Pascal's history, uh, three-volume history of Wake Forest, and then there have been uh, three uh, additional volumes by other authors that bring it up uh, through the administration of Dr. Hearn, uh, who, which ended in 2005. Um, but Dr. Jenny Puckett uh, is a retired professor from Wake Forest, recently retired professor. She's a 1971 graduate of Wake Forest. She was there with my wife, and um, She uh, is a delightful person and a wonderful storyteller, and she has just published a book. Uh, The title is Thine Ancient Days, uh, which is a
0: a clip from uh, the um, uh, alma mater. It's a clip from the Wake Forest alma mater, isn't it? Yes, Uh, and it is a, a
1: history of Wake Forest from 1818 to 1956. As I said, the 1818 refers to the year that Sally and Samuel Wake were married in Vermont, uh, and he decided that he wanted to be a missionary uh, and uh, save the infidels uh, and headed south uh, to do just that. And eventually he and Sally uh, ended up in New and then uh, from there, Wake Forest, uh, they still have family uh, in the town of Wake Forest. Uh, descendants still live there today. Well, uh, I know. Actually, time my ever- boss at Wake Forest University is also a descendant of Samuel and Sally Wake. Uh, so, the, the but the book is delightful. It is a coffee table history. It is uh, uh, not the typical uh, run of the mill uh, narrative history book. Uh, it is told in a series of stories. Uh, it sort of goes along chronologically. Uh, it's beautifully illustrated. She has done a great deal of work in. Uh, found some wonderful photographs and illustrations. their are color illustrations. Uh, it's a glossy book. It's an oversized book. Um, and uh, it is available uh, at the museum. Uh, and although we're closed because of the, the COVID-19 issue, uh, we can, if they contact us uh, either by email or just leave a message on our uh, telephone, uh, we can arrange for people to get a copy of the book.
0: Well, the next question I was in fact going to ask you was: we've gotten into talking about the museum without talking about the the, the circumstances right now. And in like um, most uh, institutional situations, uh, the museum is closed now. And uh, uh, John Sauter, my producer, was telling me he had talked to you and that you were hoping you might uh, get it get, be able to get it back open. I'm sure what you're going to end up doing is following uh, what the, what the government indicates should be the appropriate path, but. Uh, about by late August.
1: Right. Uh, we, uh, we hope to open by the end of August uh, on at least some limited basis. Uh, we have a Smithsonian Institution traveling exhibit uh, that is scheduled to open there on uh, August the 30th. Uh, it will be at the museum August 30th through October the 10th. Uh, we just had a conversation uh, on Monday with the uh, Smithsonian staff and others associated with the exhibit, Uh, and it's still on schedule. It's coming, Uh, so all we have to do is figure out how to get people in to see it. Uh, Probably what we will do is if people will follow our website or just give us a call. Uh, We will take appointments. That way we can keep the uh, number of people coming through at a safe level and we'll follow all the safety protocols, Uh, but we're hoping to get people through to see that exhibit. And I'll tell you uh, just a little bit about its content. Uh, it is called Water Ways, and it is all about the history of water, how, history, uh, how water in our history has influenced uh, development and where towns are located, uh, how uh, water uh, today, water quality is affected, how we get our municipal water supply, uh, how we use water for recreation. Uh, It's everything about water that you could imagine. Uh, And it is a large exhibit. Uh, We're looking forward to hosting it. And as I said, we're going to try to get people in. Uh, Also, Tom, during that run from the end of August uh, through the middle of October, we will have a lecture at least once a week uh, on some aspect of water. One of them will be on the history of Falls Lake, for example. One of them will be on the history of the Raleigh Municipal Water System. Uh, and we'd hope to, of course, to have all these in person, but they will be virtual. They'll be via computer, uh, and people can register for those. Uh, there will be no cost, uh, so just keep an a, a eye on that website again. Again, it's wakeforestmuseum.org, uh, and uh, eventually all those will be posted, and uh, people will have an opportunity to register to get in to, uh, to take part in those lectures.
0: I'm sure there, there are a couple of things that I want to address. Now, there, there uh, that the the annual well, if you are a, a Wake Forest alumni, you have two campuses, and I think I remember that each year you have one. Usually, it's a, like a foot, during football season, a time when the people who only attended the campus in Winston Salem can come to the campus at at Wake Forest and and have a a reunion with the people who only went there. I'm sure whether or not you have that will depend on whether there is a football season and whether or not (laughs) people can meet in large groups this fall. That's right. That's one of two
1: events. Now, the big one where we invite all the old campus alums to come back is usually in the spring. And you're getting the football part of it correct because it always coincides with the day of the spring football game, which causes a lot of people a lot of heartache because they have to choose one over the other. Um, and, of course, that one was canceled uh, this because it was scheduled just uh, about three weeks after we got into the, the COVID shutdown. Uh, the other one that uh, you're thinking about is also during football season. It is in October. Uh, And it is primarily geared toward people who are members of the Wake Forest College Birthplace Society, and that's our parent organization. That's uh, where we get our bread and butter from. Uh, And we always have a program uh, associated with that on a Sunday afternoon. Um, And we don't know what's happening with that. Hopefully we will be able to have it at some uh, level. But, again, it's uh, like everything else in our lives these days, it's wait and see.
0: Well, veering off on a tangent, something that I I had forgotten about, but looking at the website, and by the way, you have a very good website, and you can learn a good bit of Wake Forest history if it's all a mystery to your listeners by going to the website. But I noticed that uh, I was reminded of the exhibit of the paintings of B.W. Wells, which is something that uh, NC State people would be interested in. Yes. Uh, that exhibit was there when we
1: closed. As a matter of fact, it's still there, Um uh, C. W Wells was a professor of biology, uh, botany, uh, at NC State uh, in the 1920s and 30s uh, into the 40s. Uh, he retired uh, and uh, had a farm up in northern Wake County, and most of it now is underneath Falls Lake, but his home is not. Uh, but after his retirement from NC State as a professor, he took up paintings. Uh, and actually, he was a pretty good artist. And some of his paintings actually were done with pine needles. Uh, as opposed to a bristled brush, he would group together pine needles and paint. Uh, sort of an impressionist-style painting. Uh, and we've had those uh, on display. Uh, they actually belong to the Park Service, uh, the North Carolina uh, State uh, park. Uh, and that exhibit's there, and it will be traveling around other places in the area, so uh, once everything opens back up, people will be quite interested in seeing those. As I said, they were quite good. I think we had about 60 of those paintings on
0: display. I know he he, he wrote a distinguished text on uh, North Carolina gardens or biological gardens or something, but he also was one of the people who was opposed to what we would probably call a... Uh, a monkey law in North Carolina, like the Snopes, Snopes yes. trial yeah, <laughs> right. in, uh, in Tennessee would have engendered. So lots of good stuff going on. It's, it's in limbo, I guess, what we could say, like everything else seems to be with regard to public things and things that have large gatherings. But, again, I will testify, and you have pointed out, that the website will is updated and will carry the news and everything. Um, Ed Morris is our guest tonight. And uh, when I need a dose of old golden black, as we're inclined to say, it's a good time to invent him. And also, it solves the problem because when when I and when I drive in, as I had to drive in today on Wake Wade Avenue and confront the bell line, and it says Wake Forest this way, I always get confused, and uh, because I think Wake Forest should be that way, you know, the other way, and uh, in, in Winston Salem, and a lot of people who say moved to Raleigh, oh, the two hundred fifty thousand who have are confused about that, and on this program, we can help solve that problem. We'll be back with Ed in just a couple of minutes. Nine fifty one. Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show, WPTF. For Wednesday night, uh, Ed Morris of the Wake Forest Historical Museum in Wake Forest, North Carolina, which is an arm of Wake Forest University in part, but... Uh, because of the long historical relationship between Wake Forest College slash University, it was in Wake Forest, North Carolina, until 1956. And that's the two cent version of the history of Wake Forest. Right? <laughs> but uh, it, where do we? Have you got anything else on your mind? Well, I've covered most of the things that I particularly wanted to cover tonight. I I do want to ask you, and this seems silly, and I don't know that it has a lot of real meaning, but my wife is drinking from Arizona. Tea. You know what I'm talking about. The other day. Oh yes, yeah. In a can, and it had a picture of Arnold Palmer on it, and it was called some kind of New England iced tea, I think, is what it's called, which I believe he invented. Uh, Arnold uh-huh.
1: Palmer. It, it's an Arnold Palmer tea, which is half tea, half lemonade. Exactly. Uh, but know, I, I, probably, I don't want to disperse the the name of uh, of our good fellow alum uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, but it's nasty stuff. <laughs>
0: Well, she was thinking, not me, but the reason I brought that up was if you ask people who the most famous, if you ask me as an alum who keeps up, I'm not a heavy-duty alum, uh, uh, which means I don't wake up thinking about it every day, and they probably wish I'd give more money. But in any event, uh, who some famous Wake Forest people are, uh, I I know some famous historians who were there, and Arnold. But I don't know Arnold, but no, he was a a well-known person. And uh, President Ford, I think at least one of his sons went to Wake Forest. That's right. Uh, One of President Ford's
1: sons was actually at Wake Forest while uh, Ford was in the White House. Um, And uh, he has recently retired. He worked for Wake Forest for 35
0: years. Ah, yes. I thought I had seen something about that. Uh, just got recently the Wake Forest Alumni Magazine, which has a lot of distinguished alums in it and things that they have done, which is which is a good thing. It keeps those of us who haven't done many distinguished things aware and, and uh, making us, uh, I think Jackie Murdoch said something about it, wanting to try harder in that video that you have on yes, your website. Yes, uh, in our introductory
1: video, which you can see on the website, he says that the place, or I think he refers to it as this little school, I really wanted to make you try harder, uh, to do your best. And uh, I think Wake Forest still has that reputation.
0: Well, it, it is, uh, uh, either tonight or on that video, it is a kind of a mystical situation Uh people. Somebody said you, you get, end up there and you end up falling in love with it. And that's what happens, but it doesn't happen to everybody. Right. Right. Well, you know, it, it takes a, a special type, I think, but, uh,
1: It is a special place, and it still has good ties back to its roots in the town of Wake Forest and Wake County. Um, And, you know, we try to keep that uh, as tight as we can. Uh, The museum is actually uh, owned and operated by a private nonprofit, which is local, the Wake Forest College Birthplace Society. I think I mentioned that earlier. Uh, And then uh, it is staffed through the university. So the employees, uh, we are actually Wake Forest University employees. Uh, so that's how the university stays involved. Um, and of course, when we're open, uh, hopefully uh, we will be able to be open again before too awfully long. Uh, we are free. Uh, we do not charge. Uh, we do not charge for any of our programming unless there's food that you have to buy involved. Uh, and uh, it's open to the public uh, all weekend, Sunday afternoons on a normal schedule.
0: Well, that was something I was pleased to see because often. Uh, museums and places like that are closed on the days that people who work could actually go to them, you know, because they would be off. Right, right. And we have tried
1: very hard to to keep that Sunday afternoon schedule. We tried Saturdays for a while, and it it just uh, was too much of a burden to staff. Uh, And visitation can be kind of spotty on a Saturday. But Sunday afternoons have been a very popular time.
0: Well, you know, one of the reasons for that in my life is Sunday afternoon is the the time you come up and you're confronted with the fact that there's not much going on and the, the air is not even moving. And, uh, That's right. Uh, and of and course, on, we have five, said, five acres of
1: gardens around the museum, and people are even, during these times that were closed, people were welcome to come and enjoy our gardens. Uh, there's historical signs all around the property that gives you a little bit of the history. Uh, so even with the doors locked, uh
0: people can still enjoy the museum and the garden. Is the museum on north main street?
1: It is at four one four north Main Street in way Forest.
0: if you follow u s one into way Forest, there's a circle you have to go around and when you come out on the other side, you are almost there and I can remember going to what used to be the the ice cream shop when it was a actually it was a bookstore at one time. Right, uh Stevens Bookshop,
1: and then yeah. for uh, more than 30 years, it was the Corner Ice Cream Shop, and it's just down the street from us a little bit, just down at the event menu, uh, venue, but, uh, uh, you know, I miss the ice cream shop. I probably lost some weight when it closed.
0: Well, now, I'm going to stop you right here, and if you were here, I'd offer you a, a glass of red renish filled up to the brim, and you know what I'm talking about. That's right. But it's time to go now, and I want to thank you, for being with us tonight. I always enjoy enjoy talking to you. And go Deeks, I guess you would say. And I will be talking to you later, okay?
1: Okay, Tom. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to be with you.
0: Ed Morris of the Wake Forest Historical Museum. Tom Kearney here. Tomorrow night is going to be a Nostalgia Night.